Welcome to the Flex of Gold Fantasy Football Podcast, your new favorite fantasy football podcast. Angelo and Lisa here once again alongside Nick Perillo. And Nick, we are at our high knots, one of our favorite topics of every week, every every podcast week. And uh, we finally, finally had a sweep in the hots and knots. And Nick, I have to offer you a very hearty congratulations. Uh, Beat me by more than 10 points on both the hots and the knots. And I mean, your not team was just fantastic. Even with Daryl Henderson, who finished as RB sixteen, Kirk Cousins, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, and the worst defense in the league last week, the Panthers, for a combined score of forty-seven points. Just a tremendous job, Nick. Outstanding. On fire with your picks so far. Yeah, I mean, if I could pick Kirk Cousins every week, I probably would. But um, we got to shake it up a little bit, and uh, I got to stay away. You know, I'm going to stay away from Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill for at least uh, the foreseeable future with picking knots. Yeah, I just could not get it done. Uh, Russell Wilson had a fishing game, and so did Zeke, killing my knots. And then, although, and my hots are just all sorts of awful. Odell missed a lot of balls. Nick Chubb didn't score a touchdown. Saints defense kind of stunk against the Giants. Just did not work out for me. But it's another week. Let's see if I can get some wins back here. Very interesting slate. A lot of good games. Uh, it's really hard to pick games where I think it's a shoo-in for a guy to do really well. Similarly, I think it's hard to have pick a guy who's going to not do great. So hot to not. definitely a unique challenge this week. We'll start off with quarterbacks, as we always do. Mm-hmm. My hot, I think it's very simple, very easy pick. Going to go with the fire-breathing dragon known as Aaron Rodgers against a Cincy team. That for some reason is currently only getting two and a half points as opposed to like a full six. I know they're three and one, but they're not three and one from their defense. They're three and one from just a combination of the opponents that they've played and the pace that they've been able to play it, plus some good throws from Joe Burrow. I think Rodgers is going to come in. This could be a nice four touchdown day for him. The Cincy defense outside of Jesse Bates is not really anything to write home about. There's nothing that scares me about the Bengals. The The Packers should be easily keeping up the pace, having a lot of short drives, and finding the end zone frequently. So give me Aaron Rodgers this week against a bad Bengals team. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people get uh, swayed with records here. When you hit weeks you know, four through seven, you kind of see those teams that are 3-0 and oh, who you, you know, scratch your head about. Or like this Bengals team that's 3-1 and one coming off that win against, uh, against Jacksonville on Thursday night. I mean, defense wasn't... You know, defense was okay against Jacksonville, but it is the Jaguars who are like in complete disarray right now. And Trevor Lawrence not playing up to the hype as uh, the number one uh, pick overall so far. But Aaron Rodgers is not, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence. So Aaron Rodgers against this defense, I think, should uh, pay big dividends for the Packers on the offensive side of the ball and especially through the air. Yeah, I mean, talk about the games that they played. They played a Vikings team who's okay. The Bears, who are okay, they lost that game. The Steelers, whose offense is a dumpster fire and then they played the jaguars just not really an impressive schedule to be three and one against definitely and aaron Rodgers is always a shoe-in to have one of those games where he just goes completely off a couple weeks ago uh, i think i picked him on that monday night game and he had four touchdown passes so aaron Rodgers always a shoe-in and maybe we'll see him uh you know run into the end zone he's a little bit older 
now in his age, but he's still mobile enough. You know, you can get a rushing touchdown out of him here and there. So we'll see what Rodgers can do. Shifting to my uh, hot quarterback, I'm going to go with a guy who uh, I mentioned. Um, I believe I mentioned it on uh, on Tuesday on, on pickups, uh, but it was Daniel Jones. Maybe it was last week. I don't remember. But Daniel Jones, uh, someone who's been on my radar for the past couple of weeks, uh, he's looked really good. Helped the Giants win, uh, you know, a tough game against the Saints. They were down late in the fourth and won in overtime. And he's just being really efficient with the football lately, something we haven't seen from him at all. He hasn't been really turning the ball over that much. He's been throwing for a lot of yards. So I think that, uh, you know, in a primetime game against a, your division rival, the Cowboys, I think we could see a lot of scoring in this game where, you know, Daniel Jones is going to have to throw the ball against that high-powered uh, Cowboy offense. Yeah, I, the only thing that's kind of a drawback for the da- Danny the Danny Dimes hype is that the Dallas defense does have some playmakers. Like, Trevon Diggs is on fire to start the season. And I, I think the basis of a Danny Dimes pick is, one, do you think the Giants can hang with the Cowboys? And two, do you think that Daniel Jones does enough with his legs to make up for the turnovers that he's definitely going to have in this game? I can't see Danny Dimes... You know, let's assume. Let's hope that that continues for your hots, but secretly I kind of hope it doesn't. Going into the knots, Justin Herbert against the Browns. I think the Browns' defense is actually really good. They stifled a very efficient Vikings team last week in a absolute snooze fest of a game. And this week they get the Chargers, who are a good team. They are a fantastic team. They have a lot of talent. I just think that this is going to be a slobber knocker kind of game. Browns are going to try and slow the clock down, play a lot of ball control, and that's not going to lead to a lot of fantasy points. It's not going to lead to a lot of opportunities for Justin Herbert. So I just kind of think that this is going to be a very slow-paced game. Baker's not going to throw the ball a ton. It's going to be a lot of the run game. Herbert not going to put up his best numbers on the season. Yeah, I could see it being a little bit of a downer for Herbert in this game as well. Browns have a really good defense. They're just like a built football team on, you know, controlling the clock and just being able to win games we've seen uh you know they've looked really good to start this season but not really uh you know blowing teams out they beat them vikings last week with uh you know a good defensive performance so i feel like uh you know and we still have to remember herbert is a um you know second year quarterback anyway so he's going to run into some of these tough defenses and we'll see what he can do i just, i don't think he has a complete stinker like an eight point game but definitely below his projection of 19 i don't think we see herbert getting like uh you know a big, big time performance here. Going to my quarterback on my not list, I'm going to go with uh, a guy who probably was on a lot of not lists in the past, but it's Derek Carr. Um, Derek Carr's looked pretty good this year. Last week did not play that well. Had uh, two touchdowns and interception. Didn't even crack 200 yards through the air, though. I just don't really like the matchup here for Carr. I think that uh, in some of the other matchups um, of this year, he's thrown. he hasn't thrown more. He's thrown exactly two touchdowns in every game. So far this season, he's going against the Bears defense, which Bears are a weird team in general, but I don't really consider, you know, you can't uh, rule them out on the defensive side of the ball. So I don't really love this matchup for Carr against uh, Chicago. Yeah, it'll be, uh, again, that defense is still tough in Chicago. I know they kind of get a bad rap because the team's been kind of a meme on offense for the past few years with Mitch Trubisky, but the defense has always been pretty solid. Carr, again, coming off his worst game of the season, Still had two touchdowns to one interception, but only averaged 5.8 yards per attempt. And he's a guy that seems like, again, he's got two games, uh, three games over 380 yards. Two of those came from overtime. The other one came in a game against the Steelers where he just played out of his mind. 
it's really hard to kind of see a route against the Bears where he really puts up big numbers. Currently uh, ESPN's number 15 QB this week. I, I think it's a good bet for him to finish underneath that position when we get through all the games. Moving on to running backs. I This is where I kind of take a big leap here. I'm going to go with Elijah Mitchell. He's supposed to be active for this game on Sunday, coming back from an elbow injury. Trey Lance is now the starting QB with Jimmy G going to be sitting out at least one game. We, we're not sure if this is permanent or not. But I see this being a kind of game where they really lean heavy on the running attack that Lance possesses and the depth that they have at the running back position. I think this is going to be a lot of Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon. I think that they still do like Mitchell more than Sermon just based on everything that Shanahan has said. So it's going to be a lot of Mitchell and Lance out there. I see them running a lot of different creative plays. They're going to get Mitchell in space. And I think he's going to be active in the passing game as well for check down. So give me Elijah Mitchell this week. Let me take a big risk on this running back. Yeah, that is a little bit of a risk there. Like the whole 49ers team just in general is a risk. And especially this week going against the Cardinals, who uh, we'll get to their defense a little bit later. But uh, Lance making his first start. It's going to be, I think, a very interesting game, uh, one to monitor just to see what exactly the 49ers are going to do. How much is Lance going to throw the ball? How much, like you mentioned, are they going to run some of those uh, option sets or kind of like w- different like running backs circling in and out? But I do agree that Elijah Mitchell probably should be taking a lion's share of the carries. But it's just a it's a very risky pick because you never know what they're going to do. For I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Trey Sermon was out there, had 20-plus touches and over 100 yards. Just the way that this team's been operating this year with so many different touchdown scores and so many different personnel usages. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. Also, no Kittle, so I do think they're going to scale back the passing game a bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Lance, too, you don't want to get him uh, you know, throwing too many balls in his first start. You kind of want him to manage the clock and use that run game to their advantage. So the carries are definitely going to be there in some capacity. Going to my running back uh, on my hot list, I'm going to pick Damian Williams, a uh, guy who I actually really liked when he was on the Chiefs. Kind of a you know has that some of that dual threat in him from when he was on Kansas City, and I like his matchup this week. Uh, obviously, David Montgomery got hurt last week; he'll be out for a couple games. And usually, like we mentioned, kind of on the uh, pickups, you know, when you have these handcuffed running backs or these backups that everyone like, you know, is so eager to pick up and start, you know, they don't always play that well. But I think that uh, in this case, a guy like uh, Damian Williams is going to have a I think a very solid game uh, starting this week, like. I think he's a better option than like, you know, a Samaj P. Ryan in this role where I wouldn't pick him as a hot, where I, I think uh, Williams actually has potential to score a couple touchdowns. Yeah, P. Ryan, is, uh, the, the hype is quickly petering out on him. There's already talk that Chris Evans is going to split carries. I'm kind of hesitant with this Bears team. I'm If Bill Lazor, I can guarantee, is calling the plays, yes, I like this a lot more. The Raiders' defense, though, isn't a defense to be slept on. I think they're, they are still pretty efficient. I'm not sure that Damian Williams is going to be active in the passing game. Usually the check down for the Bears is Justin Fields just running the ball and scrambling. So he's not going to be very efficient in the passing game. I know his over-under for catches, I think, is three and a half. So if he gets the run work, if he gets like uh, 15 touches on the ground or 20, I could see him having a pretty efficient game, but I'm not sold that in a game against the Raiders that's going to be achievable. Moving on to the Knots. Knots. Um, again, here's another risk. Najee Harris, the guy who is getting just absolutely bonkers volume in this check down Steelers offense. I mean, the guy is getting insane targets. 
on every down, even fourth down behind the line of scrimmage. Ben checks it down to him. He's getting carries, but there's just no space for him to really go. So I'm kind of willing to take a risk here that even though he is going to be active in the passing game because that's all Ben can do, I don't think that it's going to amount to a lot of points. I think he get if he gets less than 12 as a not, I'm pretty happy with that. But I, I could see this being a very Najee Harris struggle game. Yeah, he is a rookie running back too, but he's been so good out of the gates this year that you're kind of almost like waiting for that dud game from him. Uh, past three weeks, he's been really good. But if you look at it uh, from a rushing standpoint, hasn't really uh, gotten a ton going on the ground. It's done a lot of his, uh, you know, a lot of his work through the air with uh, receptions and targets, kind of those checkdowns that we you just mentioned that Ben's been hitting him on. So yeah, I mean, in this game against the Broncos, if he can be neutralized. Uh, through some of those checkdowns and catches, I think it could be a slow game for Najee Harris altogether. Currently 55 rushing attempts for 185 yards, which is 3.4 yards per attempt. He is getting carries, uh, but he also has 26 catches. So he's already up to, if I can do the math quickly, correctly, uh, 81 touches through four games. Great volume, but again, the efficiency is not there. And then that week three game, I mean, he had 14 catches, which that's insane, just in itself. <laughs> uh, going to my not running back, I'm going to go with someone who, again, like like you, is high on this list for projection-wise and has a decent matchup, but it's uh, DeAndre Swift. Swift, a guy much like Harris, uh, hasn't really been utilized a ton in the uh, rushing attack for the Lions. He's seen a lot of his work come from uh, receiving and catching the ball. And we mentioned a couple weeks ago when uh, we were talking about Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, how I kind of think their options like 1A and 1B there in uh, Detroit for uh, the uh, passing attack with them and Hawkinson. But I just don't really like, you know, I don't really love the idea of, you know, leaning on him again just because he's been a little bit inconsistent this year in fantasy. Had a 24-point game, then an 11-point game, then a 23-point game, then an 8-point game. And you also have Jamal Williams there. So I'd be just a little hesitant uh, going forward with expecting a huge, huge game out of Swift. Yeah, I almost put him here as well. I just kind of think that there are games like the Vikings are a very up and down defense. There will be games that they look really good. And then there are games where they look, you know, like you can really do whatever you want to them. Uh, Swift has been a very efficient runner, even though like he's had some up and downs. He's been better than expected. And uh, uh, to be honest, like a guy that's been a pleasant surprise, like if you picked him, he's been doing pretty darn well for you. Uh, Jamal Williams obviously is a threat and you always have to factor him in. But it seems like Jamal Williams is more of their short yardage back with Swift handling most of the early downs and, and passing downs, which is what you want in a running back. It's also like. I, I actually am starting to think that these are the kind of running backs that you're always underrating in the draft. But then season mm-hmm. comes around, and you're like, oh, wait, they're actually productive. There's a reason why there's two of them. And by having two of them, they're actually like doing good things for the other one. They're spelling their legs. They're fresher. So I, I understand the Swift not here. The Lions have kind of been a mess entirely. It wouldn't surprise me to see Swift have a bad game and make this like more of a Jamal Williams game just to continue that split. But also it's, it has some real chance to bite you back in the butt. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the receivers. Uh, my hot, I'm going to go with regression here. CD Lamb is too good to put up two duds back to back. And with Amari Cooper kind of banged up, I feel very confident in his ability to eat on a Giants defense that 
much like the Vikings, is very up and down, but CD's just too talented. They scheme him open, plays very well in the slot, and, you know, Dak has been on fire this year. All, all the issues that we thought with Dak being banged up, carrying an injury into the season has not happened yet. They've still been a very good passing offense. The emergence of those two running backs with Zeke, obviously we know who Zeke is, but uh, they're maximizing Tony Pollard. CD is a stud. He he had 2.3 points last week. He's not going to do that again. Give me some CD Lamb this week. Yeah, I agree with you. I think especially this uh, matchup bodes well, and uh, picking him to be a hot helps because of Amari Cooper's injury. But you're right. I mean, CD is so talented and so good. I think from his draft class, he will end up being uh, the best uh, receiver from the class. And, you know, it's taken a little time, but um, just how explosive that offense is, he's poised to have a big breakout game and do a lot more uh, from the off, uh, offensive side of the ball here. In and the, like I mentioned, like the, the Cooper injury just helps that much more. In the first two weeks, he had 15 catches on 24 targets. Past two weeks, he's had five catches on eight targets. Regression is due. Definitely, definitely. Uh, going to my hot uh, receiver, I'm going to pick a guy who, uh, you know, top top three, top four pick uh, in, running, in the wide receiver position coming into the draft, and it's uh, Stephon Diggs. I think that Stephon Diggs has been, you know, he's been an okay contributor for you in your fantasy teams, but hasn't really had that big breakout game yet. And I think we get it here against the Chiefs on uh, Sunday night football. I think a lot, you know, Josh Allen's going to be throwing the ball a ton. This could be one of those high scoring, you know, pinball machine games like we saw when the Rams played the Chiefs a couple of years ago and what was dubbed, you know, the greatest Monday night game ever. But uh, the good thing for Diggs is all the targets have been there for him. He just needs to be able to haul in maybe a couple more uh, touchdown catches. I can see a two-touchdown game out of Diggs uh, this week. He also hasn't been super active with the yards after the catch yet this season. Uh, Lavoie's doing his a lot closer to the yards uh, last scrimmage. He hasn't really been a deep threat like he was last year. But you're right, the targets are there. 13, 8, 10, and 11. The yardage hasn't really been there until last week against the Texans. The first three games did not eclipse 70 yards. Last week against the Texans, 7 for 11. 114 yards, but no touchdown. So you're hope you're hoping that touchdown regression comes against the Chiefs. You gotta get the ball to your best player, and Diggs is the best player on the Bills. So I do like that pick this week. Uh, I'm staying with the Cowboys for my night. It's Amari Cooper. We've seen Cooper be used as a decoy when he's been injured, and I kind of have an inkling that that's what's going to happen in this game. They're going to trot him out anyway. The Jazz are going to defend him like he's still Amari Cooper, but he's just banged up. He's out there to like just distract you. I don't think that he's going to be healthy. He's got these hamstring injuries. He never really plays well hurt. He's always best when he's healthy. I know it's kind of like a no-duh, but we've seen receivers produce even when they're banged up. Cooper's not been one of them. So I think that he's going to have an absolute dud of a game if he plays. Yeah, just the idea of him, you know, his status being up in the air and one of those decoys is the worst thing in fantasy. I think when you have that big of a risk, nothing in the world is worse than when you have, you start a guy because it's like, oh, he's cleared to play on Sunday, and they just use him as a decoy. Maybe he has like a couple targets to him, and that's it. It hurts. It it's hurts such so a bad, bad thing because you just wish the team would have said, yeah, we're not gonna even like you know target him or throw to him. So sometimes, uh, you know, if you have the options to start somebody who's obviously you're not gonna probably have a guy on the bench who's as good as Amari Cooper, but at least respectable enough to get you a good performance. You might want to uh, fade Cooper this week. 
Going to my not uh, receiver, I'm going to go with uh, Keenan Allen this week. I still think Keenan Allen is the number one in uh, uh, for the Chargers. But like you mentioned, Angelo, going against a really good Cleveland defense. And I just think, you know, if Herbert's going to struggle, that means maybe Keenan Allen's going to struggle. He might have the catches there to put up a decent performance. But I think it's going to be tough to get a lot of yards out of Keenan Allen this week. He's not the type of receiver that does well if you're just trying to game the him the ball. Like he's not like you can you can give him the ball underneath. Like look at the Chiefs game that they had eight eight catches, twelve targets, fifty yards and a touchdown. He could do that, but he's not going to put up like the monster Keenan Allen numbers. Usually he's a guy that does really well re- running some deep routes. He's not like a burner or anything, but he's good at those like deep outs or deep crossing routes, going over the middle. Like he's just he can do a little bit of everything, and that's what makes him Keenan Allen. But against a team like the Browns, who's going to be game planning for them, it's it's going to be hard to see because I think that this is a game where they are going to try on if they're going to try and move the ball on offense. This is a Mike Williams game. You have a very small Browns defense, and you have this athletic freak in Mike Williams. So just let Mike Williams run deep balls and win jump balls. I don't think you win this game with Keenan Allen uh, doing a lot of checkdowns, and he's not really a guy that's going to get a lot of yards after the catch anyway. So. Mari down on Herbert makes sense to be down on Kean Allen. Moving on to the tight end position, the position that's always a bunch of fun. I got Kyle Pitts this week. Calvin Ridley, out. Russell Gage, out. Cordell Patterson, having the smoke blown up as you know what. It's in London. This screams weird game, and if Kyle Pitts can't get it done this week, I'd be looking to sell as high as I can on him. Because I think it's just not going to happen this year then. He's going to be a guy who maybe gets five targets a game, six targets a game, which is fine from the tight end position. But when you drafted him so highly, I feel like you might as well try and get a Dawson Knox or a Dalton Schultz on waivers and see if you can't get a low-end RB2 for Kyle Pitts. So I'm betting on Kyle Pitts this week because it's a make-or-break week, I think, for him. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of gone back and forth with Kyle Pitts on a lot of our hot and nots. It's been on both of our lists on uh, for, I think, a couple of the weeks here. But, yeah, I mean, it's just I thought a couple of weeks ago it was going to be like, oh, he's kind of got to get it going, but he really hasn't. I think it's going to be a point of emphasis where I know teams might not say this out loud, but maybe just get him in the end zone, at least try to like get him a couple targets down there and just get him a touchdown just to build, build some confidence. And build a little bit of a you know rapport with Matt Ryan for uh, the foreseeable future right now, just because um, uh, just because you know like some of those uh, weapons won't be there on offense. Kyle Pitts has a good opportunity to you know get something going this week. Anything to help Matt Ryan at this point because the guy looks super washed. Yeah. <laughs> um, going to my hot quarter uh, tight end, I'm going to go with the guy who I had on my pickups. It's Dalton Schultz. Um, like we said, such a weird position that tight end is, but Dalton Schultz, I mean, he's got the numbers to back it past two weeks. He's had two huge weeks and with such a fiery offense that the Cowboys have, you want the tight end that's on their offense. So I think that uh, could be a good week for Schultz this week going against a giant team that doesn't really defend that well against, uh, tight ends. So I could see Schultz having a very respectable game. Schultz has been uh, a pretty solid red zone threat for the Cowboys too. Like, I wouldn't say CD or Cooper are, like, super, like, jump ball guys. I was kind of always felt like Gallup's kind of thing. So Schultz has been, like, the guy over the middle who just finds space in the defense, and I do like that. 
especially because he's like shown that he has the capability to score multiple touchdowns a game, which at the tight end position is exactly what you're looking for on a cheap guy. Uh, moving on to guys that I think are not Tyler Conklin. I know we've had there's been some Conklin hype as like you know target him on the waiver wire. I just don't see him being involved so much so uh, a lot in this offense. Even like Kyle Rudolph at his peak was not really a guy who was ever the focal point of a lot of yardage and a lot of touchdowns in Minnesota. He was like always that guy who tried to stream and get the touch like get the weeks he scored a touchdown. Vikings so far only against uh, Seattle was he really relevant in fantasy. Seven catches, eight targets, seventy yards, but he sandwiched around that. Cleveland last week. Four catches for 18 yards. The week before uh, week before Seattle, Arizona, in a 34-33 game, high-scoring game, two, rece- uh, two receptions, four targets. Just not a super focal point in this offense. I mean, it's Justin Jefferson. It's Adam Thielen. I think K.J. Osborne's above him, Dalvin Cook. And, and, you know, Cook didn't really play that much against Cleveland. And he still didn't really get involved in the offense. So I'm just not in on Tyler Conklin. I think he was a guy that had hype because you could see a role for him. Unfortunately, the role is less than what we thought it would be. Yeah, Conklin's an odd guy to really pinpoint right now. I would, uh, I mean, I'm starting him, but that just shows uh, what kind of uh, tight end room I have on my team. Mm -hmm. But the only thing I guess you could hang your head on is he is out there for a lot of the snaps and a lot of the playing time, so that's a good thing. But, yeah, I mean, drew a tough matchup against the Browns last week. But, yeah, like you mentioned, he's not really high on the depth chart, I would say, with – some of the receivers and options that the Vikings have to go with. I mean, he's a streaming option right now, but I wouldn't, uh, ex- I, you know, you got to be hoping for a touchdown with them. Going to my tight end, well, I'm not that high on this week. Like we said, it's a really tough position to pick. I'm going on this solely based on his projection. It's projected 8.8 points. Uh, it's Cameron Brait. He's starting this week uh, again in place of uh, Gronkowski getting, uh, you know, having those cracked ribs. I just I can't see any conceivable manner in starting Cameron Braid at all just because, you know, Tom Brady likes to build rapport with uh, some of uh, his receivers and tight ends and whatnot. I know Jay Howard's been even getting on the field for a lot. I know it's a very easy pick to say Cameron Braid won't have a good game, but with the tight ends here, I don't really know who else to pick. <laughs> yeah, Braid, I'm not even sure I saw him on the ESPN list uh, of tight ends. But, yeah, it's a really hard position just to, like, hate anybody. Like, Max Williams is currently the tight end 21 listed on uh, ESPN's rankings. But he's had a pretty darn good season. Like, Zach Ertz, Austin Hooper, all of them have kind of had their moments. Braid is kind of just you're thinking, oh, Gronk's out. Braid's going to get the Gronk targets. That's not really how Brady works. Brady will redistribute against the guys he trusts. So I think more, more over than not, I think you're going to see Godwin get a tick up in targets as opposed to Cameron Bray. Mm-hmm. And finally, the most fun position there is, it's defense. And I'm going full homer here. I'm going, uh, even though I said Kyle Pitts was a hot, I'm also going with the Jets' defense as a hot. Matt Ryan kind of stinks now. They don't have their top two receivers. Uh, the running game for them has been a mess. It's been the Cordell Patterson show in Atlanta, and that is not something that can continue. He's not. He's been a gadget player for them. Super efficient gadget player, but that just like it, it screams inconsistent. And in London for a nine thirty game against a team that's had a defense that's pretty scrappy, I like this Jets team 
to have some good uh, have a good day against the Falcons. John Franklin Myers just signed an extension. Seems like the kind of guy that gets an extension and goes after it instead of resting on his laurel. So give me this Jets defense against the Falcons. Yeah, the Jets coming off uh, an impressive win against the Titans. That defense looked, uh, you know, pretty good uh, on Sunday against the Titans. They had seven sacks in that game. They've yet to have an interception yet this year. I think that there's just a lot of signs pointing to the Jets being poised for having a good game and maybe, you know, maybe even that elusive defensive touchdown, which would be, you know, that's all you really need to get you into that double-digit range for uh, a defense. So, like you said, weird game in London. Matt Ryan, noodle arm with not a lot of weapons. It looks like a good recipe for the Jets. Going with my uh, defense, I'm going to pick on the Hots this week. Um, I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals. I like the Cardinals solely for the fact that they're going against the unknown of kind of what the 49ers are going to do. We mentioned it before with Trey Lance starting and, uh, you know, maybe they're going to try to get the run game involved. But I think if the Cardinals front seven comes out and they can stuff that run early and not really let, uh, you know, uh, San Francisco get a lot going on the ground, it's going to force Lance to throw the ball. And we're going to see exactly what he can do in the NFL field. I just like the prospect of them playing against a a rookie in the sense that, you know, it's tough because, uh, you know, they're unpredictable and you don't know what they can do. But also, like, some of those rookie jitters might uh, lead to some good things for the Cardinals. Yeah, I'd love to get on board here. I feel like I'm disagreeing with a lot of your hots outside Stephon Diggs. I just see, even with the Niners being run by a rookie QB, their run defense has been terrible. And that's the one thing that Niners really like to do. Outside of the Ravens, they're the run-heaviest team in the NFL. They're not really a team that likes to pass the ball a bunch. And it, when they do pass the ball, they're not above just throwing screens all day. Like, Debo Samuel's a great guy who gets yards after catch. Kittle was really great with that, although he's probably going to be out for this game. Lance seems like the kind of guy who, even if he makes a mistake, it's not going to be more than one, just because of like how he's kind of built. He's kind of built like a guy who... Think like Cam Newton. He's got that kind of size. So if the ball's not there, I, I, I much like Justin Fields, I see him running the ball. So that's going to limit the amount of times he can get through an interception. So I think it's a very uh, low ceiling, high floor. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Moving it on, a defense that usually is always startable in fantasy. I just think that with the offense they're trying to prop up, it's not going to work for them. It's Pittsburgh. I mean, this team, I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be clear of the concussion protocol, so he'll be starting this week. Um, if Drew Locke starts, this changes the narrative, but I'm going with the assumption that it's Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy doesn't make mistakes. Teddy is very efficient with the ball. Teddy spreads the ball around. He doesn't lock in on anybody. He gets the ball out fast. Everything that the Steelers don't want the QB to do. And they have efficient running game, too. The Steelers are a little bit banged up. I think they might be getting TJ Watt back this week, but, you know, it's not 100%. And they're kind of low low right now, and they have to prop up the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger. It's just hard to ask a defense. We see this every week with WVU. It's hard to ask a defense to prop up an inefficient offense for an entire game without breaking. Eventually, the defense just breaks because no matter how good they are, you can't expect a defense to shut out a comparable team. Week in and week out. It just doesn't happen. So, Steelers defense just don't like the matchup this week. Yeah, it's kind of one, like you mentioned, it's one of those things where offense affects defense. And if the Steelers are not going to be staying on the field and having long drives and maybe getting touchdowns 
if they're settling for long field goals or not even, you know, being in field goal range. It just puts bad field position on the Steelers' defense. And like you said, Teddy Bridgewater, a guy who might, you know, dink and dunk you into, like, bad field position and long times of possession might be something that, uh, you know, the Steelers' defense can't uh, keep up with. And maybe whereas um, maybe they don't lose the game by a lot, they don't need, maybe they don't do enough on defense to generate points for the fantasy uh, fantasy purposes. I'm going to go with an easy pick here. Um, I'm going to go with the Texans. They're playing the Patriots. Patriots coming off a game where they didn't do a ton on offense, but they were still in a close game against the Buccaneers. I mean, Texans got shut out 40 to nothing last week, so they really got kicked in the mouth. They are home, and I see on ESPN uh, some of the advice like, oh, they might be a streaming option. I think they get negative points this week. I think it's like a a game where the Patriots are going to try, like, you know, after coming off such, like, you know, there are no moral wins in the NFL, but kind of a moral win because you came close and, you know, you had a last second chance at a field goal. But I think it's a good game for Mac Jones, Damian Harris, some of these Patriot players to get back on track. Bill Belichick facing down one and four, facing Davis Mills, a rookie QB who was not supposed to be starting at this point in his career, who just threw four interceptions, giving the Bills plenty of short fields. Yeah, kind of easy to stream the the Texans as a bad defense this week. So if you're looking to score negative points with your defenses, definitely go with the Texans. So that will do it for the hots and knots of week five. For Nick Perillo, I'm Angelo Lisa, and as always, we hope it pans out for you.